Lovely. Hello and welcome to the ME7 podcast. Tonight we welcome on a man that had one of the best centre-half partnerships I think I've ever seen at the football club with Simon King and firmly kept Grant Holt in their pocket at that sunny day in Wembley in 2009. He made a total of 122 appearances for the Gilles, scoring six goals in four and a half years at the football club. Tonight, I'm joined by Gary Richards. Gary, how are you, mate? Evening, James. Um, I'm, I'm really well, thank you. And it's uh, it's great to be uh, back around the Gillingham uh, faithful again. And um, obviously, really uh, great to be on, on your show as well, to appreciate the invitation, mate. No problem at all. Okay, right, let's go back, right back to 2008 then. It probably seems a bit of a Bit of a long time ago, but I mean, in 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 many Jill's um in, in many Jill's hearts, I mean, you, you played a part in in one of Jill's kind of greatest seasons in two thousand nine. But it did start back in two thousand eight when you joined on a two year two and a half year deal from Southend United um in, in in the January. How did that move move come about to the Jill's? Um, well, it's off, off the back of a couple of seasons, really, James. Um, I'll keep a, a real long story short. I'd had a. My, my, my earliest years spent at Colchester United, where I went through the apprenticeship uh, program there. Um, was given the opportunity with uh, my first professional contract um, when Colchester at that stage were in League One. Um, got a bit of a break um, that season and played a chunk of the games when we uh, went from League One uh, against the odds, really, to the Championship. So that was a good, good time in my career. Good exposure, obviously, as a youngster, young centre half at that 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 age, um, stepping up to that 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 next platform. Um, so then I spent obviously a few few seasons um, really on the periphery, um, at Colchester, looking to really establish myself in the game. Um, I made a decision after a couple of uh, seasons uh, that the, uh, the the next move uh, would take me into full time first team action, and that's where I started to pursue. Uh, my next venture with, um, well, before that, uh, at Brentford. So I went up for a short spell at Brentford uh, for four or five months there before hopping across to Southend. And um, Southend was really a club in transition at that stage. And it was um, really just before that when I knew that, obviously, at that time, Mark Stimson had got the managerial role at Gillingham. So it was really kind of a, a throw of the dice, really, where I ended up that season. I hopped across to Southend and then, um, obviously, uh, Gillingham and Mark um, continued to show their interest and uh, again still found myself a little bit on the periphery at South End um, and then obviously negotiations with uh, with Mark and uh, and the team um, see me down at the pre-shield. Yeah obviously you joined you joined halfway through the season in that January how was it how was it bedding in because obviously Mark had taken over a dual side that were in a relegation battle there was pretty much nothing he could have done in the end but how was it joining in at that time where a team down the bottom? Yeah, it was tough. Obviously, uh, within a couple of seasons, I'd come come from a team that was established uh, with little experience, obviously, how the football structures really kind of worked. Um, and then before hopping across to, to, to Southend and then obviously at Gillingham, uh, where I found myself, to be completely honest with you, I was excited um, because obviously the, the, the initial talks with uh, with Mark and uh, the team and obviously being shown around the, the, the stadium and everything like that, I was excited to, to really get cracking. Uh, but I, I quickly realised that um, the club was in transition as well, to it be fair to say, because um, it was it was kind of the end of um, an era uh, where there was a lot of players kind of out of contract and not in the plans there. It was quite a big squad 
um, at, 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 at the stage because so it's quite fragmented. But obviously, Mark had just came in taking the uh, taking the helm really, and um, obviously he had his own ideas, his own initiative. So I really bought into that vision really, to be honest with you. But at that, that time, there was still, um, like I said, there was still a crossover period. Uh, that was, I mean, it's, it's always tough in the dressing room trying to keep everyone happy with the best of times, especially yeah. when you're kind of dealing with two sets of players that are kind of moving in in different directions. So that, it, it was it was a bit of an eye-opening experience, to tell the truth, that initial six months. And I think at that stage, um, it reflected for sure that season um, uh, on the pitch because obviously um, it led us into the relegation battle and then obviously, unfortunately, back down to League Two. Yeah, because you, you talk about that transition period about players, players in and players out. That I, I remember going back to that time that you were you were more one of the experienced players that Mark had brought in that year, where he often kind of that certainly that first six months he looked down more of the non-league route, and I think the likes of like um, Adam Miller turned up, Simon Jackson turned up, and it, it was it was those non-league players that that come in, wasn't it? Yeah, definitely. He kind of obviously had his own his own boys, if you like. Obviously, he he brought through the system, um, and I think his views then was to to lean more towards um, youth. Where I had I kind of started my career quite early, 18, 19 years old, um, and I had a few years of experience under my belt. Um, and I suppose that probably said it says it all. Really, at that stage, I was one of the experienced boys at yeah. 22 years old. You yeah. know. Because I'd spent a couple of a couple of years in the football league, so I mean, for me, it was a good growing period because it put an extra responsibility, I suppose, back on my shoulders and everything. Um, but it's also a bit of an eye-opening experience as well, too. So um, I, I think I probably fit into that mould. I was obviously um, consider myself obviously a hard-working, young, um, ambitious uh, centre half at that stage that did have a little bit of experience, obviously playing fo- uh, in the football league, League One. Um, and then obviously early exposure with the championship as well too. Um, and, and yes, I suppose really I, I just kind of fit um, the ethos to what, to what Mark was trying to achieve at that stage. Yeah, OK, let's fast forward um, to, to the summer then, uh, the summer of, of, of obviously 2009, uh, 2008, sorry. Um, and it was, it was obviously the year that ended up being, being amazing for us. But um, do you remember that that first day in pre-season where where obviously Mark had event Mark had got his squad that he wanted together? What what was that initial chat? Was it was it kind of was it going to be right? We're going to go straight back up, or was it right? Let's hit the playoffs. What was what was the chat? Well, <laughs> you say that that day. I'll be honest with you, um, where again Mark could really just been assembling his squad. I think there were still new players coming in even after me. I think I came in that January period, I think. Yeah. But then there were still, at the end of that season, there were still obviously a lot of boys being added. Um, yeah. So it's still a formation pro, uh, process. So I think at that stage, um, Mark Stimson, uh, the gaffer, uh, was, was he, he used that summer really wisely, to tell the truth. Uh, although it was obviously a bit of a, inconvenience to yourself at that stage it's not kind of what you expect you expect to obviously be away from the football club and everything like that but in actual fact we spent a lot of time back in the football club I remember he had us in um a few days a couple of days a week um it was it was optional because obviously it was um it has to be because obviously we have to be given kind of a a period off but the chat at the end of that season was to, to say look the building starts now for next season 
here's what we've got planned for the summer. Here's what the plan, here's what we're talking about. So really it was from when we got relegated, it, I suppose that was day one of the following season. Oh, wow. And, and it was kind of like, look, we're going to be going into pre-season, but we're starting our, tra- uh, our training programme through, uh, through the off-season as well too. And listen, if, if you're, if you're buying into the vision and um, you're a part of the plans for next season, you really want to punch on, I uh, would love to have you all in the club a couple of days a week. Um, we'll keep you ticking away for, um, uh, ticking over when you do go on holidays, because obviously everyone does have their holidays as well too. But I'd really like to get as many of the boys as we can together a couple of days a week around your own holiday. So it kind of never stopped at the end of that season, to be honest with you. Um, and I suppose the, the answer to your question, going back to what I just said, the, the first day of pre-season, pre-season was the last day of that season that we got relegated, really. Oh, wow. And do you think, do you think that almost then gave us an edge? Because obviously the, boy, the, the boys had put so much hard work in into that summer that obviously teams were having time off while, while the boys were in, in working hard. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it does. And again, I suppose looking back now uh, as an older, wiser version of myself, um, although you don't kind of always understand it then, um, looking back now and just having you ask me that question, I would say 100% yes, because of it's more than just the technical side of things and being fit enough for the following season and everything. Of course, that's the purpose of pre-seasons and trainings and being fit and athletic. But obviously, every every team could and should be doing that anyway. But I suppose really having a good enough quality group group of players together that can form those relationships and buy into the vision and develop that culture. So I suppose it really give us an edge because it give us a head start to form all of those friendships, relationships, trust in one another um, and confidence that we was all going to grow together, you know? Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, looking at certainly looking at the results at the start of that season, it was kind of a bit of an up and down period. And, and obviously, right, I think for the first month of the season, we ended up getting smashed away at Shrewsbury. Uh, obviously, Jill's fans remember that. I'm sure you remember that day as well. I I, I, I end up with seven or eight stitches in my head. <laughs> yeah, because I think I think I think I think I think we were I think we were nil nil or one nil down when 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 you'd end up going off, and then I think by the time you were about, I think we were four four or five. Four nil down, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so uh, but but I think what, what is amazing though is that any Jill's fan I speak to, we we look back on that day now as almost a bit of a turning point. In our season, that we, I think we looked at that result and went, "That that can't happen again." Was that was that the same for the players as well? Yeah, for, for sure. I mean, however many years we are later, when you when you talk about it, it's 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 the one moment, especially for that season, that you remember vividly. You know, because yeah. it was such a, a bad memory to have, but I suppose it was such a wake up call for us as well too. And I think really it, it made us all accountable that we had something to prove, you know? Um, and, and then I think the way that the season ended up panning out that, that year, almost that the whispers started, I think even from the media and stuff like that, we could end up with, it, it looked more and more likely we was going to make the playoffs. And then imagine that we would, we would end up with Shrewsbury in the final. So it was kind of already, it was the picture that was already being built and we was, I think, fully geared up for that, you know? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, looking back for that, looking back for that season, we had we had amazing moments, and and and, and obviously one being Aston Villa in the FA Cup, 
I mean, live on ITV, they were Premier League at the time. It was, it was, it was a rocking Priestfield as well. What was, what was that day like as a player as well? You've asked me the wrong question there. <laughs> yeah, I actually got um, I got banned. Um, not I remember so you not. I remember you not being involved. But in terms yeah. of, I remember in terms of being like, in, was it for you, for you? Was it kind of a bit of a bit of sweet, a bit of sweet it was, moment? It was a it was a real bit of sweet moment because it was my it was my second bite at the cherry to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, because of um, I'd been sent off a couple of times in my career up until that date. The first being. Huddersfield away and I missed Chelsea in the fifth round of the FA Cup at Stamford Bridge when I was at Colchester. Yeah. And then I got a, a call for, I don't know if you remember, obviously we was tussling out that season with Brentford um, and we got ourselves in a bit of an altercation when um, one of their boys got himself sent off for, for a, um, a challenge on Kingy and obviously him being my wingman um, I got myself involved a little bit and it was one that then came I think they they made an appeal to check um, video footage and stuff like that and um, and I ended up getting um, getting banned for a couple of matches so I remember sitting there in the stands feeling very sorry for myself but at the same time I remember the atmosphere I remember the likes of Stuart Lewis going left back against um, Ashley Young that afternoon. Oh, and wow. and there were so many, I just remember there being so many individual outstanding performances. And to be honest with you, it was one of those after 60 minutes, we could have been two or three out of sight really, you know, and the longer the game went on, you just kind of knew that something would fall to them and they would, yeah. they would, they would bury it. And it was, it was an amazing day for all the boys and, um, it was it was one of those that I wish I could have been out there, but I was really proud of them as well too. Yeah, do you think that almost looking back at the result, do you, do you think that almost uh, gave us an, an even more of an edge to then go and be successful that season? Yeah, it just gives you that extra belief, doesn't it? And I think it galvanised us as a group, um, to, and I, I think it does um, when you when you when you get an opportunity to test yourself against the the next level, let alone Aston Villa, who was kind of really flying at that stage as well. I had some really big hitters in their in their their, their, their um their armour. And to come off the pitch feeling like we'd been hard done by done by not to have beat them, uh, to then take that into the in, into the league, I think it just gives you that extra 10-15% belief. And and ultimately that can be the difference. And I think that that, that did play a big part that season 100 percent for sure. You mentioned a minute ago, Gary, um your wingman, as you call him, Simon King. Um, what what a pro um, and 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 both of you that season were were absolutely outstanding. Just 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 give a little insight into it for the Jills fans in into what how did that partnership come come together and work so well? Well, I think I think we really understood each other. Um, I think we had different strengths, um, to be honest with you, to each other that kind of. Um, brought us a little bit of extra balance um, and I, I, I think it, I, we actually was part of a car school with traveling together and I think again that that, that played a big part of it and yeah. you know what I think we we got on so well as well too off the pitch um, I, 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 and even today I mean I hope he watches it he, he's a real top lad you know yeah. Um, he was a real grafter and I think he got the appreciation and the support from the fan, fans for that and rightly so and obviously he was a fantastic footballer so um, I think there was such a such a respect between us 
that we almost felt like we was going to let each other down. Yeah. Um, but I think we were such honest lads that if we ever kind of made a mistake, we kind of wanted to dig each other out of a hole as well too. And for me, um, it, I suppose it's the, it's the probably big regret of my career is that we, we, we obviously each had our individual challenges with, with injuries and stuff like that. And I just wish we could have had a real good four or five seasons together because I think we could have um, really, really put, put something um, amazing on the table as a partnership, you know? Yeah, I think you could have. I think, but uh, I, I, I honestly think, and I think a lot of Jules fans will probably back me here that I don't think you would have done it at Gillingham Football Club. I think, I think both of you probably would have ended up going to, going to play higher. And and do you, do you feel do you feel that that sense of sense of feeling as well? Yeah, I think as a player, you've always got to kind of back yourself to um, get a get a run of games and work hard and and get a little bit of the roll of the dice as well too. Um, but at that stage, I, I think we all, again, we brought into the vision that we could also take Gillingham back into League One and then and then progress on to the Championship. And I think, obviously, Simon started to get his own exposure and interest yeah. from outside, outside of the football club, and again, rightly so. So, yeah, 100%, I think if it was, um, if, it, if, 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 if it wasn't at Gillingham, then I think we would have both loved to test test ourselves. I mean, I've got an early flavour in my career for that that next level at the championship. I would have, I would have loved to have had another bite of that cherry um, later on in my in my twenties to really use some of my my earlier experience, um, or otherwise be able to do that with Gillingham as well too. But I, I genuinely do believe um, that with a, with a couple of seasons under our belt, we we could have been really challenging at the top top half of that League One table, but obviously it wasn't to be. I mean, I mean, that season ended up, yeah, ended up in promotion. I mean, uh, yeah, let's let's fast forward to the playoffs. We mentioned about um, getting revenge on Shrewsbury, and, and we and we did in in the best possible way uh, under under the arch. Um, talk us through the semi-finals against Rochdale and that final. Talk about the, the experiences, the whole story. Just just wrap up as much as you can of the playoffs in the best possible way in your story. Yeah, I think we had a. They were both amazing individual experiences because we had a couple of um, couple of ding dongs. To be fair, some some real good um, outings with with Rochdale that season, um, and it was it was a real competitive match, um, both home and away. I think we played them to the back end of that season as well. Played too, them the last time. day of season. Yeah, yeah that, that was it. The last day yeah. we, we we both already knew that we was kind of already playing each other, and it was kind of worth nothing because it's almost a little bit of like a feeling each other out it's a bit of a it's a strange uh, strange situation really but um we knew that they had they had some real good quality in their team at the same time and uh, like I, th I think we we went it in, went into them playoffs with a, with a lot of confidence and uh, obviously we went up there put on a real good uh, performance up there and again I think it was one of those um dogged performances as well too where we all kind of chipped in everyone gave a good account for themselves the atmosphere was amazing. And then obviously I think that energy that we was kind of, we was in it coming back to the Jills and they could, the, the fans were, were almost smelling Wembley, you know, could feel yeah. it themselves. Um, the, the, that, that evening was, was absolutely electric. I, I just see a few of the highlights the, only the other day, um, the club account put out on social media and to watch it back is amazing. And then again, what, 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 what can't you say about the Wembley experience with Shrewsbury? Um, 
to play in a cup final, any cup final, is, 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 is every kid's dream um, to do it at, at Wembley and lift the trophy and score in the manner than we, that, that we did. And I think we played so well for 70, 75 minutes that, that day, could have and should have had a couple of goals in the meantime, didn't. And I remember even myself, um, I've been struggling with, with a thigh injury actually for a couple of weeks in the lead up to that. And I'd started to struggle. I'd start to cramp up. I was looking around for a few of the boys and all of a sudden we'd had full control of that game. And it almost seemed like we was losing a bit of momentum that last yeah. 10, 15 minutes. And then obviously Jacko came up and does what Jacko does best. And um, it was, it was a, just an amazing experience. Yeah, we have to talk about it. It, 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 it comes up more often than not about about Grant Holt firmly being in both yours and Simon's pocket. Has he, has he managed to get out yet? <laughs> Well, I think it was one of those where we owe, we, we owed him one, to be honest with you. And again, because if we owed Shrewsbury one, again, going back to that that earlier experience, getting beat 7-0, and I think he scored a few goals that afternoon and, and what have you as well too. Yeah. And, and Grant's a real good lad anyway. He's a top professional. He's one of those. He'll give as good as he gets on the pitch and he'll always be one of those to, that, that shake your hand at the end of it and you, you either have his number or he has your number. And yeah. um, I'm still in touch with him even now. And... Um, yeah, do you know what? They're, they're kind of the players that you want to be playing against yourself. Yeah. And they're the ones you want to be testing yourself because of, listen, he, he was an amazing player. I think we did have him in, in our pocket to tell the truth that afternoon. <laughs> um, but that's no uh, that's no reflection on himself because he's an amazing player. Um, I just think me and Kingy knew that we had to be on on top form to keep him out that, that, that afternoon. And thankfully, um, I think we both performed, you know. Yeah, and, and obviously the moment where where the ball hit the, the top of the roof. Did did you do what every Jules fan did and look at, look at the big screen and and wonder if the referee's going to give it, or did the referee say something in your ear, or or, or what was it? I, I I was I was right behind it to be honest with you, because um, I I kind of ran to the near post and it went over my head, and I was like, oh, it's coming my area, and I thought I'd have a chance, and then I realised it's, it's it's going over me, and then um, obviously Jacko got his head on it. It's, in actual fact, I, I, I thought it was going to be a... Because of it was, he kind of went into the post, didn't he? Like with his yeah. shoulder up, the, the guy on the thingy. So I, I thought he was going to give the handball. Um, but I could just catch a, enough of an angle to go, that's it, that's in, you know? Yeah. And I think I went, I went off Jacko's reaction. He, he just ran. And then all of a sudden, all of my cramp and my fatigue and everything, as it does with the <laughs> adrenaline, it, 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 it all goes. I mean... It, it felt like from the moment that it left Jacko's head to when it actually fumbled in its b- between the uh, the fullback and the post. There, it seemed about twenty seconds, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seemed it seemed it seemed a lifetime, but it, it, that goal obviously obviously took us took us back to League One, and and it was an an amazing experience, an amazing day. I mean, I'm sure there was plenty of, plenty of beers and and a massive party back back at the football club that night as well, wasn't it? It, it was a real, it was a real heavy um, couple of days, and I can't say anything other because I know that obviously we were celebrating way into the uh, following day with the uh, with uh, many of the Jules boys as well too, boys and girls, and um, yeah, we, we had an amazing, um, a great night back at the uh, back at the stadium. Uh, the turnout was uh, was was blinding, and then um, we ended up back at the um, back at the hotel. Um, having some drinks there, and I think we had the parade. I can't even remember if it was the following day or on the Monday. Yeah. And then um, I, I flew out actually to my cousin's wedding on like, the Monday or evening or Tuesday, and I remember it just being 
like one one day that had come for like three days, you know. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Okay, so we ended up back in League One. Um, yeah, what was what was the chat in the summer from Mark Stimson? Was it kind of more of the same, or was it just we we, we need to we need to just secure secure safety? Um, no, it was it was obviously to punch on from where we had left off. Um, again, I think at that stage we'd had a, some of the the younger guys started to establish themselves, get their experience. A lot of them obviously had you now games under their belts, and then all of a sudden we had a, a group of. Um, I remember everyone calling us the non-league club at that time, and then all of a sudden, everyone had had league, league experience. Everyone was confident in in, in each other. Um, we had goals in the side, obviously, with with Simeon there as well too at that stage. And um, so I think we we went into that that off-season break. Obviously, it's always shorter after the um, playoffs anyway. Yeah. Uh, so there's not not much of an off-season anyway. Um, but I think we returned the following season with a real spring and a step, step to tell the truth. Yeah, I mean, we did because we thumped our rival Swindon 5-0 in the opening day. That wasn't a bad way to start the season, was it? No, I remember that well. And uh, it, was a, it was a real hot day. Again, packed crowd, a lot of, uh, um, a lot of um, obviously, ambition for that season and everything like that. And I never, it was my, obviously, it was my first real Swindon derby. So it was my first experience to then get a little bit of kind of a feel for what was going on in the club, what it really meant to the side. And um, obviously to get the result. And I think we, we, we scored a couple of early goals and it couldn't have got off to a better start, you know? Yeah, I mean, th- that was weird though, because we went to them 5-0 and then after that, it just kind of went, it, it slid. It, it just went downwards and, and we couldn't quite kind of then catch control of it. What, what, what do you think between then and, and ultimately us being relegated, what 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 happened? Um I suppose you you kind of lose some of your, your key players as well, too, with your injuries and stuff. Yeah. Um obviously sports always a, a big confidence thing as as well, too. Um and then all of, all of a sudden a lot of some of the partnerships that had kind of grew and established themselves a little bit from the year before. A few of those through the spine of the team, I remember that season, had kind of fragmented a little bit. Um, and I suppose we we really just got, when you get yourself in a little bit of a hole, um, you're always looking for that that next spiral, you know, but it just, it, we seem to have hit a, an earlier downward spiral. And then we just found ourselves in, in, in a dogfight, really, and never really got enough of... Uh, a way out of it and uh, in the end someone's got to go you know yeah yeah no yeah definitely and 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 you mentioned about partnerships going downwards and and things like that and you only played 18 times that year Kingy then got injured in in pre-season I, I feel certainly as a fan that year the recruitment wasn't wasn't great it was it was kind of players that had come in and and, and played bit parts of different teams did, did, did you feel the same that the kind of it, it just didn't feel like the dressing room was the same as the previous year. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think there was a lot of quite quite a lot of lone players that had came in uh, throughout that stage, um, both ends of the spectrum. So yeah, I, I just think going back to the culture um, and that togetherness. I think what we did it, it was odd because of what we had worked so hard to build the, the previous season almost seemed to have gone so quickly and um uh, it's it's then once it goes 
it's, it's hard to get back, you know? Yeah. Um, and especially when you're dealing with lots of loans and temporary contracts and whatever you are, I think we were that season and trying to fill the gaps over some of the injuries as well too. It's then hard. You, you're reliant on a lot of individuals, you know? Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, I mean, we've we've all spoken about enough about that day at Wickham and things like that. So we we won't we won't go over it because uh, I mean it, we are not we all know what happened. But for you, after playing eighteen times that season, you did manage to secure yourself a deal in in the July of of twenty ten under the new manager of Andy Hess and Tyler. How did that deal come about? What was the conversations with Andy? Because obviously you've not played a, played a lot, but Andy obviously backed you and and supported you. Yeah, um, again, kind of, I think it was a strange old season, that that season, it was a strange old two seasons, really, because obviously I'd got my injury the season before at Millwall. Um, I missed, obviously, a chunk of that that previous season, and then I missed the chunk of the um, the, the following season, right the way up to Christmas, more or less. And yeah. I stepped back into the fold, obviously, Andy had came in, and I stepped into the fold, um, for the following half of the season, if you like. Um, and I remember um, we was kind of bouncing about a little bit um, at that stage. The, we was quite inconsistent still. And um, I think I'd, I'd step back in at short notice, um, had some really good conversations with the gaffer at that stage. And I had probably four months, three and a half, four months to prove myself to put in a good shift. And I think um, I played a solid, I think it was out of like 10 games. I think we had not lost in like eight games or something like that as well. Um, and again, I think I got the opportunity to partner up with Kingy at that stage as well, um, which obviously helped. And I think it was probably that. I think Kingy yeah. was, there was talk of now Kingy making a return for the following season and stuff. And I think probably Hesse see a little bit of what was there two seasons before that with that partnership potentially being able to return and I suppose I give enough a good enough account of myself um, in four months' worth of action to say for him to take a chance to go, do you know what, with a season under his belt um, and Kingy making a return, that could be a, a, a real good, solid partnership again. Yeah, I mean, and you had a promotion medal to, to, to back up your back up your talks with, with, with the new manager as well. I mean, yeah, fast forward to fast forward to March 2012 when when it all kind of all kind of abruptly ended. Um we we were all there that night. I was there that night. It was it was a horrific challenge on you um, that, that ultimately ended ended your deal time and and the career. Um, it it was upsetting to see because you were a great pro for us and a, a fantastic footballer. Um, just sum up as best as you possibly can. Um, what ha- in your feelings to it and 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 what happened that night as well. <sighs> um... Never actually spoke about this on a on a Jules platform, but listen, it, it, it was what it was. It was what a lot of other people um, saw and wrote in, and it was it was the same as the statement that, it, that I gave as well too. And that was, unfortunately, you never think it's going to happen. Um, another another professional um, took took my uh, took my career that evening, you know, with an incident off the off the ball. Um, again, anyone who was watching the incident. It, it, the irony was a lot of people missed the incident because of the ball was at the other end of the pitch, wasn't it? Yeah, no, we all saw it at the rain event. We saw um, it this year. <laughs> and, and that was that was the crazy thing about that evening. The only person on the pitch, players-wise, I think a lot of the rain fans had picked it up because they was behind me. So yeah. I was looking down the pitch and through me. 
Um, and Paolo, Paolo Casaniga was was the only player that was actually behind me because I was the deepest player ready to take a, a little bit of ground, ready for the goalkeeper to obviously launch up the field. And he came running out and unfortunately he didn't speak a word of English. Um, obviously I'd, I'd hit the deck. I was in agony. I didn't know till after that obviously the referee had just, just booked um, obviously the, the man in question. And um, after the game, they asked why, why he booked him. He said, I had my back turned to it, but I heard a break. And, and I heard Gary scream and I know from refereeing Gary many times over the years that he doesn't go down lightly. And I heard some of the screams from behind me and I felt like I had to do something. I panicked, to be honest with you. So I don't really know what kind of happened there. But no, listen, in black and white, it was it was a it was an incident off the ball uh, where unfortunately another player had chose to take it on his own hands to um, kick my standing leg, which resulted in the spiral fracture and all the surgery and unfortunately now obviously still um still many complications many moons later 10 years later you know received an apology from him yet gary never oh wow wow that 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 probably sums up a lot you need a lot a lot you need to know um yeah just to just to kind of sum up your time at jills um it, it ended far too soon um but just give you, give us your thoughts and feelings over the four and a half years that you you had at the football club. Listen, like, like every everyone, James, I'm I'm always grateful for the opportunity to have to have played football, to to have pursued my earliest ever passion. Um, and I mean, I'm always grateful to all of my employers, and uh, to have given me an opportunity to wear the shirt. And um, obviously, in the end, a chunk of my career was was spent at Gillingham, and uh, there were some challenging times there, you know. But there was some real fond memories and uh, right up until um, till day dot until till the end, all of the Gillingham fans were, were, were nothing but supportive of me. Um, and I'd always give a good honest assessment of myself game by game on an overall pitch. And I, I believe that I, I gave my, my best that I had at that time uh, to the Gillingham shirt. And I, I feel like I got the respect back from the fans as well too. And, I suppose looking back now is the only regret is that I couldn't have had another couple of seasons and really made helped help to make Gillingham the, the established League One club that I know it can be that is is fighting at the other end of the table, you know. So listen, nothing but real great memories, real great friends, really good people, and it's a club obviously that I'll always uh, look out for. And obviously they're back, they're back where where obviously you got them. Promoted from in in League Two under Neil Harris, um, just give us your thoughts as, as an ex-player um, ahead of ahead of the new campaign under Neil. Listen, I I look at it with um, as, as much as Gillingham fans probably won't want me to say it is I look at it as 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 excitement. You know, I, I see it as a as a fresh start. Um, sometimes you have to hit rock bottom before you obviously lift back up. And I think Gillingham now have bottomed out. I think they've got a real good man at the uh, at the helm with with uh, with Neil. Um, never had experience, obviously, with him in the manager side of things, but he was someone that I had some good tussles with. I can assure you. And again, a real good, honest character that I know from what I've seen of him, what I listened to him, the way that he tries to um, apply himself uh, with his team. Um, I, listen, I, I think it's, it's easy for me to say on the other side of the lens. I just think it's an exciting couple of years to look forward to. And I think all of the fans have really got to get behind the football club um, because of, I think, what we remember back then 
um, can just be around the corner again, you know? Yeah, very true. Okay, wonderful way to wrap it off. You've been listening to the ME7 podcast and we've been joined by Gary Richards tonight, our promotion winning defender from 2009. Thank you for listening.